The News on CJOB with Richard Cloutier and Julie Buckingham. Do you find that Mr. Depp has proven by clear and convincing evidence that Ms. Heard acted with actual malice? Answer, yes. As against Amber Heard, we, the jury, award compensatory damages in the amount of $10 million. As against Amber Heard, we, the jury, award punitive damages in the amount of $5 million. Jury members also decided Heard should receive $2 million while uh, the defamation by Depp's lawyer when she he called her allegations a hoax. Now, this is a defamation trial that has taken on uh, so many other tones on social media. We'll address that a little bit later on, but let's begin with the case itself, and we are joined now live on 680 CJOB uh, by Minneapolis lawyer who's got a long history in dealing with defamation. Marshall Tannock, thank you so very much for joining us this afternoon on 680 CJOB Winnipeg. It's a pleasure. This is one of those cases where it, it takes on a theme of its own, if you will, in pop culture. But at the heart of this, this is about defamation and holding people accountable for what was said and what was printed. Help us understand that. Well, it's certainly a um, high-profile and very strange case, but it does bring together a lot of threads of defamation law. Basically, um, in defamation law, a claimant has to prove uh, that uh, in the U.S. courts that... um, uh, the false statements were made about that person and that they damaged that person's reputation. A public figure like Depp and Heard has a higher burden of showing that the statements were made with what is called knowing falsity or reckless disregard for the truth, which almost amounts to lying rather than just making a mistake. And that has to be shown with convincing clarity. So there's a very high standard for public figures or public officials, and that's why they rarely succeed in these cases, as reflected in Sarah Palin's recent uh, loss of her defamation case. So in that sense, um, this is really a groundbreaking case, and of course the amount of the damages are rather staggering. One other kind of interesting feature of the case, and I haven't had a chance to dissect the whole decision, but uh, Amber Heard was awarded $2 million. Depp was awarded $15 million, but Amber Heard was awarded $2 million for a statement made by Depp's lawyer that her claim against Depp was a hoax. So the jury apparently determined that uh, Amber Heard was uh, damaged by being by being labeled uh, having committed a hoax, but by the same token, they awarded Depp $15 million for the statements that Heard made about him. So it's a, a very bizarre decision, uh, befitting a bizarre case. Do you think this will, because it is so high profile, will it spark more defamation yeah. lawsuits between, yeah. you know, regular individuals? Yes, it will. It will. These things always happen like this. And um, I know I do a lot of defamation. I've already had two calls from people saying that they have a somewhat similar case to Johnny Depp. And that, that's just in the last uh, last 24 hours. Um, yeah, there'll be a lot of copycat cases by private individuals who are accused of uh, domestic abuse or violence, uh, and maybe even public figures, too. Uh, So I think the answer to that question is, yes, this will spark more um, um, uh, litigation, and at least there are more people interested in litigating these claims. 
undoubtedly. When, when a case like this gets that kind of attention, it brings people out of the woodwork. When we talk about, you know, what the lawyer said about Amber Heard, did they have to bring action against that lawyer, or was that something that the jury could say, ah, that was out of line? No, part of the suit, Heard sued Depp, Heard sued Depp for the statement that his lawyer made, and Depp was responsible for that because his lawyer was acting as his his agent or his um, his employee at the time. So she didn't have to sue the lawyer. She sued Depp for the statements made by the lawyer. Does this get appealed? Well, it probably will. There'll be some what are called post-trial proceedings in which both parties, especially heard, will ask the judge to overturn the jury's verdict or to limit or reduce the damages. And after that, I would imagine that there would be some appeals forthcoming. Uh, one other interesting feature about this is Sarah Palin, case, which I mentioned before, is headed toward the Supreme Court, and some justices on the United States Supreme Court have indicated that they're interested in revisiting the rules governing libel law in the United States and maybe uh, loosening up some of the restrictions, especially against public figures. And this case may uh, give them some additional motivation to do so. Mr. Tannock, appreciate the time. Thanks so very much for joining us. Thank you. Marshall Tenick is uh, and has represented clients in a wide variety of legal matters, emphasis on employment law, constitutional law, including defamation. Joining us live from Minneapolis, more on the story later on the news. The jury in the libel trial between actors Johnny Depp and Amber Heard ruled in favor of Depp's claims and one of Heard's counterclaims. The verdict brings to an end a TV trial that turned a laundry list of a vicious marriage that sees both performers emerge with their reputation, well, somewhat in tatters. Let's talk about the bigger picture, though, of not defamation, rather, but the signal it sends, especially for domestic violence victims. Joining us on 680 CJOB is Christine Skartz, an assistant prof and director of the University of Georgia's School of Law's Jane W. Wilson Family Justice Clinic. Good afternoon, and thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. What does this trial signal, particularly for those victims of domestic violence? I think one thing that it signals is that if you do come forward um, and disclose abuse that you have suffered, that there will be a spotlight turned on you as well. The focus is not only going to be on the things that your alleged abuser did to you, but the things that uh, you may have done as well, whether those are related or unrelated um, to the abuse Um, allegations uh, that you are bringing forward. Is this the wrong trial to try to draw those types of conclusions from? We see it all through social media and pop culture, and that's the negative to this, is that so many people are taking their cues from these two actors and that defamation suit, and that is nowhere near the reality of domestic violence, domestic abuse. Well, that's correct. This particular suit had more to do with money than safety. Most victims are going to disclose uh, uh, abuse that they have suffered in an effort to achieve safety and security and stability for themselves and their children, a world away from uh, hoping to uh, get a big windfall-type payday. 
Well, in in this case as well, clearly there was not the ability or the wherewithal to file criminal charges, and and this is the way that they went the civil route. But on the flip side of this, does Johnny Depp also speaking about being a victim of domestic violence also maybe um, inspire more men to step forward? Because we know that this isn't you know, always uh, being an issue that impacts women, men can be impacted as well. Uh, They can indeed. And I do think that um, uh, male victims who see a very uh, public figure who has sort of a swagger persona um, uh, and a confident persona talk about the things that uh, he experienced in his home can certainly indicate uh, to those who identify as male who also are experiencing violence in their home uh, to come forward in the hope that they will be believed and not judged uh, to be less than uh, on the basis of their disclosures. What should people take away from this? I I mean, I guess when you look at the the whole, and it was a spectacle, no matter what way you want to shake it, it's a, it was a TV, it was almost like a, a TV soap opera in a way. It was, um, and I think that that is the danger, is that people will view going to court and accessing uh, judicial processes as a show, as something that one does uh, in a performance Uh, in a performative way when it's really quite far from that. Um, uh, When, when uh, the processes and procedures that, um, that most victims are going to be accessing uh, the judges, the lawyers um, and the litigants all um, want to get at the truth that is going to be um, uh, the most protective for those who are vulnerable. And uh, if, either party or the lawyers or the judges um, tend to start to see themselves as uh, performers in uh, a scene um, divorced, if you'll pardon the pun, uh, from reality, then there's a real danger that um, uh, these um, uh, uh, court processes that that are set up um, to be protective are going uh, to lose that uh, important function. Professor Schartz, thanks so very much for joining us this afternoon. Sure, thank you for having me. Christine Schartz is Assistant Professor Director at the University of Georgia School of Law. The News on CJOB with Richard Cloutier and Julie Buckingham.